Watch out. That's what Jesus said to his disciples, sleeping disciples. Watch out. A word of warning, a word of encouragement. It, it actually all sounded pretty ominous. Sort of like there's danger all around. Watch and pray. It was after the Last Supper, after the First Lord's Supper, that Jesus took his disciples, led them down from the upper room, down to street level, out into the city, across the Kidron Valley, to the foot of the Mount of Olives, to an olive grove called Gethsemane, which means oil press. It seems there was an oil press when their harvest, their olive harvest came in. They brought it to Gethsemane, and there they threw it into the oil press, and they squeezed out the olive oil. And we're told Jesus often went there with his disciples, a little bit of solitude just to get away from everything. And he took his disciples there that night. And he said to them, he said, just here, just, just sit here, take a load off your feet and just, just sit and wait. I'm going to go over there and pray. And he took with him three, Peter, James, and John. He took three with him and he took them deeper into the garden, and uh, he also took them into his confidence. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And just think, had the disciples ever seen Jesus like that before? Sorrowful and troubled? Had they ever heard Jesus ask them for spiritual and emotional support? Stay here and keep watch with me. The casual observer would say, well, keep watch for what? Watch for dead limbs falling from the olive trees? Watch out that in the moonlit night you don't get separated in the darkness? Watch and make sure that Jesus doesn't go totally to pieces, have a complete breakdown. Watch for what? And you and I know it all became, we just read it, it all becomes very clear when Jesus goes off and he comes back and he finds his disciples sleeping. And what does he say? He says, watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. It would all become very apparent later that night when a Judas-led mob would come into Gethsemane and take Jesus away and all the disciples would scatter and run. It would all become very apparent when Jesus was crucified, died and was buried and Satan just plunged all those disciples into a state of depression and despair. It would all become very apparent when the world threatened them and they hid themselves behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. It would all become apparent on Easter morning when the women came and they were all excited. The stones were away and there were angels there and, 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 and Jesus, Jesus has risen. And what did the disciples say? Their sinful nature says, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. Watch that you do not fall into temptation. There's danger all around. 
a loving and concerned Jesus warns his, his disciples. And dear friends, he says that to you and me this morning, watch, there's danger all around. Watch. What did the Apostle Paul write? He, he said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We're just not arm wrestling with another person here. huh? But our struggle is against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our struggle is against the powers of darkness. Our struggle is against spiritual forces of evil. The devil is, and we've heard it, a roaring lion. He stalks you. He's looking to devour your soul. The world loves darkness. It hates the light. It hates the children of the light. And let it, yet at the same time, it entices you to love it and the things that are in the world and to spend all your time and your effort and energy on things that are here below in this world rather than on things that are above. It seeks treasures here rather than treasures there. And you and I all have a sinful nature in which there is no good thing. A sinful nature that's hostile to God and wants to rule our hearts and our minds and direct our lives to have us go in the way it wants to go rather than the way that God wants us to go. And the loving, caring Savior says, watch. Keep watching. Be alert. Be careful. Stay awake. Watch. There's danger all around. Because it's pretty easy to become sleeping disciples, isn't it? Uh, for example, um, how often did you think of Satan yesterday? How often did you even think of the devil last week? It's easy to become sleeping disciples. How hard is it at times to take our eyes off the world and all the things we have to do and all the places we have to go and to spend time with Jesus and the one thing that is truly needful. How difficult it is, our priorities, what are our priorities? And someone would say on that on which you spend your time and your effort and your energy, that's your priority. Where do you spend most of that? How easy to be sleeping disciples. And our sinful nature. Did you find yourself, Apostle Paul said, waging war? Did you find yourself waging war with your sinful nature? Fighting that temptation in a spiritual struggle? Watch. Recognize and see the threats to your salvation, the danger that's all around. Watch. A loving Savior says, watch. And he says to his disciples, watch. He said to his disciples there, watch, watch. If they had watched that night, just think what they would have seen. Now, Peter, James, and John had watched with Jesus before they had been with Jesus in that room with uh, that little girl that was dead. Remember Jairus' daughter? And Jesus went there and he took with him Peter, James, and John. And he took that dead girl by the hand and said, Little girl, I say to you, get up. And then he took Peter, James, and John with him up that mountain that got its name from what happened there. We call it the Mount of 
transfiguration where Jesus was shining in all his glory and heavenly brilliance. And if they had watched that night, they would have seen the almighty Son of God under the burden of our sins just fall to his knees. They would have seen the Son of God who lives and dwells in a light unto which no one can possibly approach put his face in the dirt in all his humiliation put his face in the dirt and, and pray and plead because the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Guilt and shame. You, you and I have that, we feel that. From, in fact, we are very experienced with that. It's not unusual for us to feel guilt or shame or remorse, it's, it's just not. We get very experienced, we, we, but we know what to do with it. Our sinful nature knows what to do with it, and that's to ignore it, to say, well, big deal, no, no big deal. Uh, to shrug it off. But as Christians, we know we take our sin, remorse, our guilt, and our shame, we go to the cross, and we confess our sins to the Lord, and we hear that our sins are forgiven, and wow. Or we go to someone we've wronged, and we say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. We know what to do with our shame and guilt and remorse, and now here's Jesus, and uh, this is the Holy Son. He, he never felt that. He never felt guilt or shame. He was in every way tempted even as we were, yet he was without sin, but he never felt guilt and shame. And here, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He is being held responsible for the disobedience of Adam and Eve and for David's adultery and Herod's murder of all those babies of Bethlehem. He is accountable, God says. Jesus, you are accountable for those school shootings and for all those acts of terrorism and for that rape in downtown Chattanooga and for those child molestations in the city of Atlanta. And you are going to be punished for them. He's responsible for our every idle word and everything we have failed to do and every evil thing that we have done and every lustful, covetous thought that ever crossed our minds. And the shame and the guilt and the burden no wonder, he says, my soul is sorrowful even to the point of death. No wonder he falls to the ground. No wonder he puts his face in the dirt and he prays. And the devil is nowhere to be seen, but, but he's there. You, you see him? You have to look hard, but he's there. He's right on Jesus' back, pressing down on that burden to make it even more unbearable. He's right there on Jesus' back whispering into his ears. You know what you're going to have to suffer for this. You know you don't want to go through that. And it's, it's not even fair. You never did anything. It was all those miserable. It's all those other people. You don't deserve this. And Jesus prays and he says, Father, if it be possible, Take this cup away from me. And Satan says, yes, I'm almost there. It sounds like I almost have him. 
But Father, not as I will, but as you will. What's the, this is so frustrating. He's still going to do his father's well, whatever it takes to save this miserable world of sinners. He's still going to follow through on it. And Jesus would follow through. Jesus would drink the cup. Jesus would go to the cross. We go to the cross with our sins. Jesus went to the cross with our sins. But when you and I go to the cross with our sins, we find something totally different. We find forgiveness. But Jesus didn't find forgiveness. There at the cross, God the Father. You know, this is just, who, who crucified Jesus? You know, Isaiah, we think the Romans, the Jews, yeah, that's all true. Some would even say, by our sins, we crucified Jesus. Jesus would say, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me. That he is giving his life. And God the Father, Isaiah 53 says, that he was stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. God the Father made sure that in fulfillment of what it says in the Psalms, God the Father made sure that nails were driven into the hands and feet of his one and only Son. God the Father turned his back on his Son and said, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And in three hours of darkness, Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he endured the very torments of hell. So that you and I, when we go to the cross, we, here's my Savior who gave himself for me. So that I might be forgiven, so that I can see how the blood of Jesus, his Son, has purified me from all my sins. That I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Wow. For me. All for me. Watch and pray. Watch. There's danger all around. A roaring lion, a wicked world, a rebellious, a sinful nature. And do, and do we see this morning how much God loves you? Do you see that? that God gave his one and only son. Uh, we have children here this morning, and some of you have adult children. And, but just think if someone said, watch out, there's a fire in the theater, what's the first thing you would do? You'd grab your little child. You'd make sure they were safe. And God so loved us that he gave his one and only son. We see how Jesus loved us so much that he gave himself as a sacrifice for us. Do you see the love and mercy and grace of the Holy Spirit that brought you to faith in Jesus so that forgiveness and eternal life might be yours, that everyone who sees the son and believes in him has everlasting life. And your God and your loving Lord Jesus doesn't want you to lose the salvation that he won for you. And so he says, watch and pray. Pray. I'm not the most handy person and so on. When it's time to take down a tree that's maybe, you might think of this, envision this, you have this tree that's rotting, a big oak tree. 
between your house and your neighbor's house, about 10 feet or whatever, and the tree has to come down, what do you do? I know what I do. I call somebody to take it down. When, when the roof, and this happened by us a couple of years ago, uh, our home, the, the roof needed to be replaced. When the roof needs to be replaced, what do you do? I suppose I could get up there and crawl around and nail a shingle and about 20 minutes later nail another shingle and who knows. But I, I call somebody, roofing company, and they come out and they, they do it. What do you do when you need to fight temptation, ward off Satan, overcome the temptations of this world and put down your sinful nature? What do you do? Do it yourself? You know, it really sounds foolish, doesn't it? Do it ourselves, no. The disciples uh, seemingly tried, it didn't work for the disciples. Remember what Peter said, if everybody else leaves you and forsakes you, I never will, I'm always gonna be faithful and true. And we know what happened that night. Huh? And the thing is, all the other disciples said the same. All the disciples were confident. Everyone felt that's not a problem, not a problem. They weren't watching. And that, by the way, a uh, thought just occurred to me that that watching is really proactive rather than reactive. Watch so you see it when it comes. Not watch after it arrives and you find yourself in the midst of it. But, but keep watching so that you see it, see it when it comes. The disciples it didn't work for them to do it themselves. We just said, you know, they, they still fell away. Uh, Jesus said, are you sleeping? And he went off to pray again. He came back and they were sleeping again. And how often don't we just do the same things over and over again? We don't want to. Our spirit is willing. Our spirit is determined. Our spirit has the best of intentions. But the words, the words of anger, the impure thoughts, they just are always there. They just keep coming. We can't do it ourselves. And so Jesus, who loves you and me so very much, he says, here, let me help you. Watch and, and pray. And he begs us and he pleads with us. He says, ask, seek, and knock. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you. Pray. Watch and pray. And so we, we pray. Even as he taught us to pray, your kingdom come, Jesus come and rule, set up your kingdom in my heart. And so we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so we pray, I need your presence every passing hour. What but yourself can foil the tempter's power? Who but thyself, my guide, my stay can be? Through cloud and sunshine, Lord, abide with me. Help of the helpless, oh, abide with me. And our Jesus says yes. Jesus says yes. I will strengthen you 
and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will enable you to rebuke Satan and he will flee from you. I will enable you to overcome the world. I will enable you to crucify that sinful nature. Watch and pray. That's why I died. That's why I rose. And that's why I'm coming again. So you can be with me in heaven. Amen.